Hello. Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer. And today, I wanted to wish you, first of all and foremost, a happy new year. And what we're going to do today, I'm going to share with you a pair of podcasts that I'm enjoying. And I thought we'd kick off this uh, new year on a lighter note and discuss a couple of the really big reads that I read last fall. Um, One I didn't like very much, and one I liked a lot. And those books are, the first book we're going to talk about is Who is Maud Dixon by Alexandra Andrews. And then we're going to talk about the behemoth, behemoth of a book, literally and figuratively, Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. Um, but before we get to that, uh, first I wanted to talk about the podcast that I picked out to discuss. Okay, I'm going to pull up my notes here. Um, the first one I want to talk about is called River Cafe Table 4. This is a fun podcast, especially for uh, you foodies out there. And what it is, it is... Um, hosted by the founder of the River Cafe, which is a very, it's a Michelin-starred Italian restaurant uh, located in Hammersmith, London, and it's very famous. It started in uh, the late 80s, and uh, lots of movie stars go there, as regular people do as well, and it is known for its Italian cooking, and also it's not, I don't think it's a vegetarian restaurant per se, but it's heavy vegetarian, I believe. So anyway, what's fun about this is table four is sort of the best place to sit in the house, and the founder, Ruth Rogers, who happens to actually be a baroness, her name is Baroness Rogers of Riverside, she's American-born, but she's a British chef, and she married an Italian architect, uh, British arch- Italian-British architect, and she spent a lot of time traveling and learning about seasonal cooking. She spent time in Italy, and I think some time in France. And so she um, sits down and what she does is she brings on famous guests and they just have a chat. So she has on people like Jake Gyllenhaal, Victoria Beckham, and Paul McCartney. And I dropped in on the uh, podcast with Paul McCartney McCarthy, McCartney. And what was cool about that is if you've ever heard him interviewed, he's such a plain spoken guy and just really interesting. And he picks out his favorite recipe or favorite dish of hers and talks about it. And he selected roasted aubergines with tomatoes and Parmesan and aubergines for um, those of us stateside is eggplant, of course. Anyway, and he, then he talks about his life. He talks about growing up in Liverpool, and we learn about um, a favorite dish in Liverpool is called scouse, which is a type of stew, and it's made from chunks of meat and potatoes and onion. And they actually call people in Liverpool, a lot of times they're referred to as scousers, and it has to do with that That. Um, that particular dish. So he just sort of talks about that and talks about how he was a vegetarian before it became popular. And I just really like the conversational feel. I like learning more about the restaurants and um, just 
kind of that one-on-one discussion. Okay, so the second podcast um, I'm going to talk about is super fun. And my friend Cara told me about this, and it's called Tig and Cheryl True Story. So this is with Tig Navarro, who's a very funny comedian, and Cheryl Hine from Curb Your Enthusiasm, who's also a comedian. And they are just a super unlikely duo, and they happen to be good friends. Tig is super deadpan, um, and Cheryl Hine is very hyper. And what they've done is they've teamed up and they go in depth and look at a crime documentary. And along the way, they get super distracted and goof off. And what I really like about it is I happen to be obsessed with uh, true crime documentaries. And so those of you who are as well, you know who you are, I think you'd really enjoy it because they clearly are too. And uh, so they actually go really in depth on um, some, if any you any of you saw The Staircase, that was a really good documentary, or um, I listened to one on Amanda Knox, and but at the same time, they goof around and have fun and play off each other, so I really recommend that. Okay, so on with the books. These two books, I, I really put them in the same category, um, kind of a little bit of a lighter um, read, uh, potentially even a beach read, but I think they were executed differently, and um, they both, I felt very differently about each of them. Okay, so the first book is Who is Maud Dixon? And this is a debut novel by Alexandra Andrews. And I really love this. It was uh, It's very much a mashup of a bunch of styles. I found it a little bit Patricia Highsmith, as in the talented Mr. Ripley. And she also um, wrote Strangers on a Train, which was adapted into a screenplay by Alfred Hitchcock. I found it a little bit Casablanca. And a little bit like the plot, which I loved last year, um, and I'll give you links to that in the show notes, which is a fun campus novel. And a little bit, Elena Ferrante, um, the mysterious author, and that's her pseudonym, of My Brilliant Friend. So it just combines a whole bunch of things. And believe it or not, I haven't heard this anywhere, but this is my personal opinion. I really found this a little bit Sophie Kinsella, uh, very much in the, at the chick lit kind of genre. So what this story is, um, it's about working girl Florence Darrow, and she is not getting anywhere fast in the very glamorous publishing industry. And what happens is she moves to New York, and she's an editorial assistant, and she's hanging out with all these glamorous people. She's not particularly happy. She's not really getting anywhere fast. But while she's at this particular... Um, publishing house, people, she hears people talking about Maud Dixon, who is this mysterious um, author, and she's written a runaway bestseller, and she's very much um, modeled after Elena Ferrante in My Brilliant Friend. No one knows who she is, um, but she's done very well. So she ends up... um, to be honest, I can't remember, but I think she loses her job and or she's no longer working there or she gets a phone call. And somebody asks her 
if she would be interested in being Maud Dixon's assistant. But in order to do so, she has to be completely confidential and have the utmost discretion. So what ends up happening is she does interview with um, and finds out the person's name. Her name is actually Helen Wilcox, and she has to go live with her in um, a secret location, which is upstate New York. And what she does is she becomes her personal assistant. But it doesn't take from the very get-go, you know, um, very early on, what happens is um, Helen says, we've got to go on a vacation and I've got to do some research. So they take off to Morocco and that's where the story just gets really fun. All kinds of things happen. Um, there's a disaster ensues, there's murder, there's mayhem, there's police, there's sexy disheveled uh, surfers, there's exotic hotels, back alleys, um, colorful streets of Marrakesh and windswept beaches. And you know right away when they've touched down in Morocco, it's very clear to the reader that not everything is what it seems. And it becomes a caper. And it alternates kind of between light and dark. And at the, on, as a matter of fact, on the very first page, um, what ends up happening, we know this from the, the very first page, There's there's been an accident. And Florence is with her boss, Helen, and... Um, there's been an accident. So on the very first page, um, Helen ends up going missing and Florence wakes up in a hospital and the staff just assumes she's Helen. And so they call her Helen and she pauses just for a second and she's really disoriented and she decides just to run with it. It's been her goal to be an author and this is her, she decides that this is her big break. So she kind of makes it, and I find that kind of interesting because she's this really um, good person and she kind of makes a split second decision to kind of make a potentially bad decision. And so then the, the book goes on from there. And I just wanted to mention, I, I mentioned this earlier, but this book reminded me of Sophie Kinsella. Um, she's a bit of a queen of chiclet, and she wrote a book that I read. I've actually only read one book by her, um, but I highly recommend it if you want something really light. And it's called Remember Me, and it was written in 2008. And what that book about is about, it's a 28-year-old um, woman, who her name is Lexi Smart, and she has this kind of average life. And she wakes up in a London hospital, and all of a sudden, her teeth are perfect, her body is toned, and her handbag is Vuitton. And so she's survived a car accident, and a big chunk of her um, memory's missing, three years uh, to be exact. And she goes from being a 25-year-old working girl to a corporate big shot. And so she's got to piece her life together and figure things out. And she has this glamorous life. And it's just, I can't explain exactly why I would compare them, but there just was a bit of an overlap. And it just had similar pacing and kind of fun and glamour. So I really recommend this book. I thought it was incredibly creative. Um... And so that's that book. Okay, so the next book 
that I'm going to talk about. It, you've probably, I, you'd have to be under a rock not to have heard of this book. Uh, it's called Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moyardi, who is uh, the domestic drama Italian, um, Australian, not Italian. She's an Australian powerhouse and she's a very big deal right now. She's written a number of books and best known right now. She's the author of Big Little Lies, which became um, a big uh, streaming show with Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon. And then she also is the author of uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, which or the, what became the screenplay for that, which is streaming on Hulu and in the States and in, on Amazon in Canada. And that's also featuring uh, Nicole Kidman. So the expectations were really high for this book, um, but it didn't quite work out for me. But let me, let me explain to you a little bit more about the book. So the way it starts, um, the novel starts out with a discarded, shiny, new, mint green, seven-speed bike that's meant to be ridden in the cool, crisp air of a European village. And uh, their four green apples are splayed on the ground, and a bike is abandoned on the side of the road. And the person who's riding the bike, her name is Joy, is missing. And her husband, Stan, they find him, has cuts all over his body, which he says he got from falling into a hedge at home. And they have a mysterious house guest who's also missing. So from there, that's the very beginning, that's the setup. And then from there, you get the backstory of where we got here. And so it's a mystery to figure out what happened and um, where things are going. So the backstory is that Joy and Stan are these um, tennis, they run a tennis academy and they've been married forever. And Joy could have gone to Wimbledon, but she set her dreams aside for her family. And then they ended up having four children, two girls and two boys, and they all are like different points on a wheel. And uh, Amy is a free spirit. Logan is aimless and sweet. Troy is kind of a cheater type and a high flyer. And Brooke is a businesswoman who hasn't found a love match. They all have problems. Otherwise, there wouldn't be much to say, but they're all kind of extremes in their own way. And so what... And none of them, they all got pushed into tennis and it it didn't work out for any of them. And I think the parents are disappointed, particularly um, the dad about that. Like they just, it just, as it is with pro sports, it didn't work out. So um, one night the parents are, oh, I guess they're in their 60s, later 60s. A stranger named Savannah knocks on the door and her eye is cut and she's small and she's vulnerable. And the Delaney's take her in. They clean up her cut and they feed her. And they put her to bed. And then all of a sudden, she becomes a surrogate daughter. And this absolutely drives the parents crazy. And I could see, well, not exactly, but I'm a new empty nester and I could see how this could happen. Like they were really looking for someone to love and nurture. And this uh, young woman comes into their life. And there's a scene where. Savannah innocently 
or so it seems, makes brownies for Father's Day. Um, and that happens to be one of the daughter's signature dishes. And they both bring brownies to this meal. And it just, there's tensions abound. Um, but it just, my issue with the book is it, I just, it was, first of all, it was very long. I think it was a lot to ask uh, readers to read almost 500 pages um, of this book. And I didn't find it a page turner. And I wasn't super invested in uh, the characters. But what I did like about it, I thought the pacing was excellent. Like she has a great way of um, alternating kind of shorter chapters and longer chapters. She incorporates two detectives, uh, Ethan and Christina, and they are, I thought they were really good. And they're um, uncovering what's going on and they help kind of keep things moving along. And it it does read like a screenplay that it will most inevitably be. But what I wanted to do, I did pick out a little little passage that I wanted to read to you, um, just to give you a little flavor for for, uh, what this book is like. So all the kids are together, and um, I think they might have actually been at the lunch at this time, the, the brunch. But this is Joy talking, or or thinking. And uh, she says, All four of her children each fervently believed in separate versions of of their childhoods that often didn't match up with Joy's memories, or each other's for that matter. Sometimes one of them would tell a story about an incident that Joy was positive never happened, or at least not in the way they described, because she had biographical facts at her disposal. But we weren't even living in the Fairmont Street house then. But your grandmother wasn't alive when you turned 13. And sometimes they'd argue about which of them was the villain or the victim, the martyr or the hero. That wasn't you that got stung by the bee helping grandma after she fainted at Troy's party. It was me. And Joy would think, it was Logan's party, not Troy's. And there was no bee. It was a wasp. And no one got stung. Amy just thought she did, and none of you helped, and Grandma didn't faint. She passed out drunk. Her children refused to be corrected. That's what they remembered. Therefore, that's what happened. And when their memories didn't match up with each other, they held on tight to their their versions of the stories, their stories, as stubborn as their damned father. Although sometimes one of them would get a far-off look and you'd see something click into place and they'd re-examine a childhood event with grown-up eyes and say, wait a minute, maybe grandma was drunk that day. So, you know, that, you know, that's actually kind of true. I mean, that, that this passage does ring true in that if any of you are part of brothers and sisters, and especially if you grew up close in age, you can have different uh, versions of events. But I just, I found the book a bit long. And the other thing I didn't like was um, it is focused on tennis, but as a tennis player myself, I'd, I there are a lot of other books out there that I prefer with uh, tennis as a focus. And I'm actually going to be including that th- these books uh, in my newsletter for this month. One of them is from last year, which I've already talked about Um all in by Billie Jean King. And I've got some other novels that I think you'll enjoy too. But 
I, and that is, that's it. That's, uh, that's all I have to say about those books. And I'm just really glad you're here. And I just wanted to make a little comment that I have now officially been doing my podcast for a year. And I just wanted to thank you so much for listening and uh, wanted to talk about a couple of things that we're going to be uh, reviewing in the next few weeks. So this month I decided, since it's the, it's the beginning of the year, we're going to start off with some fun, which was today. But the next couple of weeks I have a friend, an academic coming on, um, Liz Kelsey, and we're going to take a look at some classics. And I thought it would be fun to do with a bit of a guide uh, because... We're not in school anymore, but a lot of, we can learn a lot, and a lot of the books we enjoy today, um, we need to kind of know what came before to understand um, the what's happening now. And I've been doing something really fun in February. I'm going to have uh, another friend of mine who's also an academic, and we're going to talk about romance and why it's such a big genre. And uh, we're going to do a two-parter on that and look at love in books. So, and in between, I will always be uh, talking about book club reads and other top books um, that I think you might be interested in. So thank you so much for listening. Please follow me on Instagram at Redfern Book Review. Um, Redfern Book Review. And I look forward to connecting with you on social media. And uh, I'm always... I can help with customized book recommendations as well. So thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you later.